The desire of Titus Women is to invite women around the world to know Jesus as their Savior, Center, and Source. May God guide and encourage you through this message. Then I saw in my dream that they went on until they came into a certain country whose air tended to make them drowsy. Hopeful became very dull and sleepy and said to Christian, Let us, let us lie down here and rest a while. <laughs> By no means, lest we never awaken again. Why, why, dear brother, sleep is sweet to the laboring man and <laughs> always refreshes. Do you remember that one of the shepherds bade us beware of the enchanted ground? He meant by that to beware of sleeping. Uh, I acknowledge my fault. <laughs> if I had been alone, I would have run into the danger of death. I see it is true what the wise man says. Two are better than one. To prevent drowsiness in this place, let us fall into good discourse. Then the two talked of many things, particularly relating to the steps that had led to their taking up the pilgrim walk. Some time later, Hopeful looked back and saw Ignorance, whom they had left behind, coming up towards them. Look, he said, look who is coming up from behind. Eh, I see him, but he cares not for our company. I would not hurt his feelings if he cares to keep pace with us. I agree, but I doubt if he cares to come with us. However, let us try to help him. And so they did. Then said Christian to him, Come away, man. Why do you stay behind? I take pleasure in walking alone. But how stands it between God and your soul now? I hope well, for I am always full of good thoughts, so come to mind as they will. They comfort me as I walk. What good thoughts? Why, I think of God and heaven. So to the devils and damned souls. But I often think of them and strongly desire them. So do many that are never likely to come there. The soul of the sluggard desireth and hath nothing. But I think of them and leave all for them. That I doubt, for to leave all is a very hard matter. Why are you persuaded that you have left all for God and heaven? My heart tells me so. The wise man said, He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. That is spoken of an evil heart, but mine is a good one. How can you prove that? It comforts me in hopes of heaven. 
that may be through its deceitfulness. For a man's heart may minister comfort to him when he has no grounds for hope. But my heart is, and my life agree together, therefore my hope is well grounded. Who told you that your heart and life agree? My heart tells me so. Your heart tells you so. Except the word of God bears witness in this matter, other testimony is of no value. But it is not a good heart that I have, isn't it? Good thoughts and a good life that is according to God's commandments? Yes, that is true, but it is one thing to have these and another thing to only think so. What are truly good thoughts respecting ourselves? Such as agree with the word of God. Then do our thoughts of ourselves agree with the word of God? When we pass the same judgment upon ourselves which the word passes, the word of God says of man in his natural condition, there is none righteous, there is none that doeth good. It also says that every imagination of the heart is only evil, and that continually. I will never believe my heart is that bad. Ignorance is your name, and your answer demonstrates what you say. You are a man for revelations. I do believe that what both of you and all the rest of you say about the matter is but the fruit of a distracted brain. Why, man, Christ is so hid in God from the natural apprehensions of the flesh that he cannot be known by any man in a saving way unless the Father reveals him. That is your faith, but not mine. Yet I doubt not that mine is as good as yours, though I do not have in my head as many whimsies as you. You ought not to speak so slightingly of this matter. You are ignorant of faith. Be awakened. See your wretchedness. Flee to the Lord Jesus. Then by his righteousness you shall be delivered from condemnation. You go so fast, I cannot keep pace with you. Do go on before. I must stay a while behind. Part 6 The Journey's End Then Christian addressed himself thus to his companion. My good hopeful, I perceive that you and I must walk by ourselves again. 
I saw in my dream that when they had gone on for a time, they saw ignorance hobbling after them. Then Christian said to his companion, I much pity this poor man. It will certainly go ill with him at the last. By this time Christian and Hopeful were over the enchanted ground and entering the country of Beulah, whose air was very sweet, the way lying directly through it. Here they solaced themselves for a time. In this country the sun shines night and day. This, therefore, was beyond the valley of the shadow of death, and also out of the reach of giant despair. Neither could they so much as see Doubting Castle. Here they were within sight of the city where they were going. They had no want of corn and wine, for in this place they met with abundance of what they had sought in their pilgrimage. In this land also the contract between the bride and the bridegroom was renewed. As the bridegroom rejoiceth over the bride, so doth God rejoice over them. They then heard voices from the city saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy salvation cometh. Behold, his reward is with him. Here all the inhabitants of the country are called the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. As they walked in this land, they rejoiced more than they had in all parts more remote. Drawing near to the city, they were now able to get a more nearly perfect view. It was built of pearls and precious stones also. The streets were paved with gold. The natural glory of the city and the reflections of the sunbeams caused Christian to fall sick with desire. Hopeful also was seized with longing. They headed toward the city, but the reflection of the sun upon the city was so extremely glorious that they could not as yet look upon it with open face. They therefore beheld it with an instrument made for that purpose. The two men, with Christian and Hopeful, then said, You have but two more difficulties to meet, and then you are in the city. Now I saw that between them and the gate was a river. There was no bridge to go over, and the river was very deep. At the sight of it the pilgrims were stunned. But the men who went with them said, You must go through, and you cannot come to the gate unless you do. The pilgrims, especially Christian, were discouraged, and looked this way and that to see whether there was a way of escape from the river. Seeing none, they asked whether the waters were all of one depth, but they were told that the depth of the water varied in accordance with the measure of faith that they had in the king of the place. Then they stepped into the water, 
and Christian began to sink, crying, I sink in deep water, the billows go over my head, all the waves go over me. Hopeful had much to do to keep his brother's head above water. But he continued to give comfort, saying, I see the gate, and men standing by to receive us. These troubles and distresses that you go through here are a sign that God has forsaken you? No, not at all, but are sent to try you. Be of good cheer. Jesus makes you whole. And with that, Christian broke out with a loud voice. Oh, I see him again, and he tells me, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers they shall not overthrow thee. Then they took courage, and after that the enemy was as still as stone until they were gone over. Upon the bank of the river they saw the two shining men again, who were waiting for them. They saluted the pilgrims, saying, We are ministering spirits, sent forth to minister to those who are the heirs of salvation. They then walked toward the gate. The city stood upon a great hill, but the pilgrims went up that hill with ease, because they had the two men to lead them by the arms. They had also left their mortal garments behind them in the river. They went up through the region of the air, sweetly talking as they went about the shining glory of the place. You are now going, said one of the shining ones, to the paradise of God. There you will see the tree of life and eat of the never-fading fruits. And when you come there, you will have white robes given you, and you will walk and talk every day with the King, even all the days of eternity. There you will see such things as you saw on earth, not again. No sorrow, no affliction, no death, for the former things are passed away. The men then asked, What shall we do in this holy place? You must wear crowns of gold and enjoy the perpetual sight of the Holy One. There you will serve Him continually with praise. There you shall enjoy your friends that have gone before you. You will be clothed with glory and majesty and ride with Him who comes with sound of trumpet in the clouds as upon the wings of the wind. When he shall sit upon the throne of judgment, you shall sit by him, and when he shall pass sentence upon all the workers of iniquity, you shall have a voice in that judgment, and when he shall again return to the city, you shall go too with the sound of trumpets, and be forever with him. While they were thus drawing toward the gate, behold, a company of the heavenly host came out to meet them. The two shining ones said that these were those who had loved the Lord when they were in the world, and who had left all for him. 
Then the heavenly host gave a great shout, saying, Blessed are they that are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Then came out also at this time to meet them several of the king's trumpeters, clothed in white and shining raiment, whose melodious and loud noises made even the heavens to echo with their sound. These trumpeters saluted Christian and his companion with ten thousand welcomes. This done, they compassed them around on every side to guide them, as it were, through the upper regions, continually sounding as they went the melodious notes on high. Thus they walked on together, and as they walked, these trumpeters would signify with looks and gestures and joyful sounds how welcome these two were in this company and how glad they were to meet them. And now went these two pilgrims into heaven, being swallowed up with the sight of angels and hearing their melodious notes. Here also they had the city itself in view. Bells rang to welcome them, but above all, they had warm and joyful thoughts, for they had their own dwelling with that happy company for ever and ever. No tongue or pen could express their glorious joy. Thus they came up to the gate. There written over it in letters of gold was this inscription, Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. Then I saw in my dream that the shining men bade them call at the gate. When they did, some from above looked over the gate, including Enoch, Moses, and Elijah. Then the pilgrims gave unto them their certificates that they had received in the beginning. These were carried to the king, who, when he had read them, said, Open the gates, that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. I saw that these two men went in at the gate, and lo, as they entered, they were transfigured, and raiment was put upon them that shone like gold. Harps were given them, with which to praise, and crowns as tokens of honour. When I heard all the bells of the city ring again for joy, as it was said to them, Enter ye into the joy of our Lord. I also heard the men themselves sing with a loud voice, Blessing and honour and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb for ever and ever. As the gates were opened to let the men in, I looked in after them, and behold, the city shone like the sun. The streets were paved with gold, and on them walked many with crowns on their heads, and palms in their hands, and golden harps to express praise. Some had wings, and sang to one another without intermission, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord! After that they shut up the gates, which, when I had seen, 
I wished myself among them. Now, while I was gazing upon all these things, I turned my head to look back and saw ignorance coming up to the riverside. It happened that he got over easily, for a ferryman, vain hope, helped him over. He then ascended the hill and approached the gate. He looked at the writing above and began to knock, expecting to gain ready admittance. He was then asked by the men that looked over the top of the gate who he was and what he would have. He answered, I have eaten and drank in the presence of the king, and uh, he has taught in our streets. Then he was asked for his certificate that the king might examine it. He fumbled in his bosom for one, and found none. But the man answered not a word. This was reported to the king. The king would not come down to see him, but commanded the two shining ones that had conducted Christian and Hopeful to the city to go out and bind ignorance hand and foot and to do away with him. Then they took him up and carried him through the air to a door that was in the side of the hill and put him in there. Then I saw that there was a way to hell even from the gate of heaven as well as from the city of destruction. So I awoke, and behold, it was a dream. If you want to learn more about Titus Women, visit us online at tituswomen.org.